Hello friend, I'm Mike McCurry, and you're listening to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. Thank you so much for being a part of our listening family today. You know, this radio program plays on over 100 stations domestically in the good old U.S. of A., and a few even outside our nation's borders. Plays on many online radio programs as well, and so there are people across the world, maybe even at this precise moment, that are listening to this radio broadcast. I'm going to ask you all. Each and every one, would you tune your ears to what God has for us today? I greatly appreciate the fact that you would invest a few moments of your time in this broadcast. I have a personal invitation to share with you, but we'll do that if we have time at the close of the broadcast. Turn your Bibles, if you would. Let's find our place in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. We'll be in verse number 15 in just a moment. We've talked, we've begun talking this week about traditions. We talked for just a few scant moments on Monday about addiction. And then we shared with you a brand new gospel track that will be released very soon called Bound No More. We talked about that yesterday. If you missed that broadcast, you can go to your favorite podcast player, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, you name it. Go to your favorite podcast player and you can find the archived versions. Or you can even watch right now the video version of this broadcast. You can find it. Just search for Bible Tracts, Inc. on YouTube or on Facebook. We'd love for you to see inside our studio room. Thankfully, as we get closer to our grand opening and our building being finally completed here at Bible Tracks, we're excited about being able to show you a little behind the scenes maybe in the coming days. But we're in 1 Corinthians chapter number 16. We've talked we're talked about tradition and how tradition can be a good thing. We've talked about tradition though at times when tradition overrides and overcomes and becomes more important than your relationship with God, tradition, though, friend, can be a bad thing. Question today, is your tradition more important than your addiction? What am I talking about? Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 15. I beseech you, brethren, ye know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Is your Christianity tradition or addiction? Tonight or today or this afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening to this particular broadcast, through this week, I have five or six qualities that all addicts share. I'm not talking just about those. I'm really not at all talking about those that are addicted to substances, illicit, legal, or otherwise. I'm not talking about those that are addicted to putting things through their eye gate that they should not, looking at things they shouldn't. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking, though, about those that should be and are addicted to God's work, addicted to the ministry. Of all the addictions that we could possibly have in this world, That is the greatest of all, the one that we should actually pursue. Number one, let's begin there. Addicts, or let's just say addicted Christians. Let's keep a positive spin on this from the get-go. Addicted Christians start their addiction with just a taste. Psalm 34, verse number 8, the Bible says this, 
Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. I was not intending to go this direction, but the Lord just brought to mind a, a verse. Psalm 107, I believe it's verse number 23. The Bible says, They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, meaning those that cast away from the shore, the ones that are brave enough to, to step off the port, step off the pier, and to step into the, the boat there and go do great work for the cause of Christ, they that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. Friend, I want to see, I want to taste, Psalm 34, 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Nobody has ever become an alcoholic under normal circumstances without a taste for liquor, a taste of liquor, I should say. The same is true of every drug known man. Have you, the question is, ever tasted what God wants for your life? I'm convinced that there are some Christians that if they're honest with themselves would say, I don't know that I really want a taste of what God has for me because I know if I get a taste, I won't be satisfied with my own plans. I won't be satisfied with piloting my own life if I actually give up and give in and say, God, I yield to you. Now realize, friend, we're not going to go deep on this for just for, for, for sake of time, but there is a stark difference between surrender and yieldedness. See, when you surrender, a surrender is simply a stay in hostilities. A surrender is the understanding that your might, your power, the offensive force is so much stronger that there's no chance for me to win. I've got to give in. But a surrender looks for the next opportunity to start hostilities again. But when you yield to God, when you choose to go in the same direction as he is, as you choose to join hand in hand, not surrender, not be dragged by the nape of your neck, no friend to say, I yield to what you have for me. Friend, when you do that, God will... Realize this, God doesn't want his will to be hidden from you. We treat God's will as if it's some search for a genie's lamp, as if we've got to go find it, and we've got to go way down to the depths of the sea. We've got to go to the highest mountaintop. We've got to go live the life of a hermit. We've got to do this, such, uh, this and the other thing to find the will of God. Why would God want his will hidden from you? His will, friend is often so very easy to find. But we don't want to taste it. We don't want to see what he has for us. We know that once we get a taste of what God has for us, we'll never be satisfied with anything else. For time's sake, I won't go incredibly deeply into this account, into this story, but I know the anecdote, the true story of a young lady who grew up actually with my wife made some decisions that she regrets, some decisions that her parents regret on her behalf, some decisions that if you heard the full tale that you would empathize with, would sympathize with, you'd say, oh, no one wants to live like that, do they? Can I tell you, friend, 
she made some decisions that my wife can testify. She made so many small decisions during her teenage life that indicated that she really didn't want to get a taste of what God had for her. She really didn't want to get a taste of what was offered to her. Not, not, not the shiny fruit that the devil gives you. No, friend, the full garden that God offers. But she went pursuing what the world had. And her life has ended such a wreck. What else are addicts like? We've talked about the fact that addicted Christians start their addiction with a taste. Next, addicted Christians do not need others to keep them addicted. Think about that. Addicts will work so hard all by themselves to make sure they keep their addiction fed. Addicted Christians in the same way. They don't need someone constantly motivating them, constantly pumping them up, constantly slapping them on the back, constantly sending them thank you notes, constantly telling them how, how big of a blessing they are. No, friend. Positive reinforcement, it's a great thing. I'm not opposed to it whatsoever. We serve a God of positive reinforcement. I'm so glad for that. He's not just, as some would style him, some old man upstairs with lightning bolts just ready to zap us when we do something wrong. No, friend, he is a good, a loving Heavenly Father. But can I tell you, once you get addicted to the goodness that he is, you're going to pursue it for the, till the end of your days. Genesis chapter 13, verse number 11. Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east. And they separated themselves the one from the other. Lot and Abram, Abraham separated themselves. One of the hallmarks of addicts, we'll get to this in just a moment, is that they will do anything to get their fix. They'll go to the end of the earth. They'll beg, borrow, or steal enough to buy a little bit of what they need. And if you tell them no, they'll just go around you. You see, when you look up the word addiction, one of the first synonyms is this, dependence. Dependence on what? Well, addicts are dependent on two things. The substance they are addicted to and the person that supplies that substance. Let me tell you that again. What are addicts dependent on? Two things. The substance they're addicted to and the person that supplies their substance. In my notes here, I have the word person. Because we're talking about Christians, I have the word person capitalized. Why? Well, friend... You don't need me. You don't need your pastor. You don't need your mom, dad, brothers, sisters, or friends to be addicted to the ministry of God Almighty. We have a very dependent Christianity today in a different way. If our pastor is not spoon-feeding us, if your wife or your husband, your mom or your dad doesn't make you go to church, then sometimes we don't go. If someone does not recommend that we pray for a big decision, we might not do it. Addicts, friend, on the other hand, are not dependent on other people. They don't need to be told to take another hit. They feel the need for it. They feel the need for it. Friend, are you addicted to the ministry? Does someone have to tell you to wake up on Sunday to go to church? If so, maybe you've never tasted what God has for you. Addicts are dependent on what they're addicted to. Addicts are dependent on capital W, who gives them what they need? Are you dependent on Christ? See, Lot, well, he needed Abram, Abraham to stay spiritual. He leaned on Abraham for his spiritual fix. Look who built the altars. 
around Abraham. It was always Abraham. It was never Lot. The Bible never records Lot building an altar before or after he was with Abraham. But Abraham built the altars. What does Proverbs tell us? Verse, chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. What are you dependent on? Who are you dependent on? If it's anything but Christ, you're not addicted to him. We've talked today. Addicted Christians, they start their addiction with a taste, just like all addicts. Addicted Christians do not need others to keep them addicted. The question today is this. Tradition or addiction? Tradition or addiction? Join us for the next two days of the broadcast here, Bible Tract Echoes. We're going to continue this discussion of tradition or addiction. Have a great day for his glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracts Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 60420. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.